we can continue. I just run on there. Let's quickly turn to the book of Romans chapter 8. I want to start from Romans chapter 8 this evening. Romans chapter 8. I'm reading verse 34. The Bible says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us. Hallelujah. Who also maketh intercession for us. So I want you to see that uh, just like I've said before, intercession is geared towards the people, not just for yourself. The work of an intercessor is actually towards the people. Hallelujah. Not for yourself. So I want you to understand that, and it's very crucial, so that you can always put your mind or set your mind at the level that it's supposed to be in doing what God wants us to do. So, and you can see that intercession is geared towards the people, not just for yourself. You are actually called for the people because of their witnesses. Amen? And I want you to understand because it's very crucial. This is not the same thing as you praying for yourself. And you also need to understand what we're talking about praying in the spirit. I'm praying in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. You should understand that. Now, if you look at 1 Samuel chapter 7. And verse number 8. The Bible says, And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord for our, to our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. Hallelujah. That request, cease not, means don't cease to intercede. Is that okay? I want you to understand because it's very crucial. And I told you before, the intercessor is like a middleman. The man that stands between, uh, let me say, God or destruction and he's trying to see or do what he can do to get the people out of the situation. So yeah, Israel was crying to the Lord and said, don't cease. In fact, they were crying to Samuel now, not even to the Lord this time. They were crying to Samuel so that Samuel could be the one to stand between them and God to intercede so that the Philistines will not destroy them. So now, when we go down, I begin to look at that verse number 8. For instance, the Bible says, And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not. Okay, first of all, you look at verse 7 and he says, And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, uh, the loss of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. In other words, be silent from us from crying. Be not silent. Okay, verse 9 says, And Samuel took a assembly lamb and offered it for a burnt offering 
holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel. And the Lord heard him or answered him. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Let's get down to verse 10. The Lord heard him. Verse 10 says, And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the, Lord, the Philistines drew near to the battle against Israel, but the Lord turned out with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. Did you get that? Now, the Lord heard him means the Lord answered the prayer of Samuel on behalf of the children of Israel. Is it okay? All right. Verse 11 says, And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bekar. Verse 12 says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Skim Shen and called the name of it Benizah, saying, He that told how the Lord helped us. That is the stone of help, Benizah. Then verse 13 is the important thing I want you to note now. So the Philistines were subdued and they came no more into the coast of Israel and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines how many days? That's what I'm interested in and that's what I want you to note. The hand of the Philistines was against I mean the hand of God was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. You know what? As long as Samuel was standing in his office as an intercessor and a prophet to Israel, the enemy had no authority to encroach into the territory of the Israelites. The strength of an intercessor. Hallelujah. Did you, did you follow that? This shows that a part of the intercessor he or she walks off the invading known and unknown enemies against the people of God. There is something an intercessor carries in his or her life. Please correct that. Okay? There is something an intercessor in his or her life carries that we speaks into the spirit realm for the protection of God's people. Now, I want you to understand what I'm trying to say here. There is something, listen, because, listen, the Bible says, as long as Samuel was alive. Amen? Now get this right. He was not going to battle to fight. Was he going to the battle? But for his sake, every battle that Israel engaged in, they got the victory. That means the intercessor makes the one you are praying for to succeed. He is the one going to the office. He is the one going to the job. But because you are interceding, he succeeds on the front. It could be in business. It could be in anything. Hallelujah. I want you to see the strength of the intercessor. I want you to see the power of the intercessor. There is something you carry that God recognizes. There is something you carry that is weighty. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I want you to understand that. The intercessor is such a man that carries some divine virtues. And in fact, if you take time to study, the Bible tells us as long as Samuel was standing. In the case of David, as long as Samuel was standing, you see, Saul could not touch David. Why? Because David was under the covering of who? 
of Samuel, rather, that's all. It was under the covering of Samuel. There was a kind of canopy created by the life of Samuel. That whoever runs under him is safe. It's like talking about the name of the Lord, which is a strong tower. Very close and similar. Praise the living God. Are you following this? I want you to get the picture right. The people cried unto Samuel. Samuel interceded. God ministered and discomfited the whole Philistine's camp. I want you to note it. And it's very, very crucial. And the Bible says, all the days of Samuel. That is a prophetic and apostolic dimension. That covers and protects anyone that subscribe and submit to the man that carries this grace. Sometimes, listen to me. Your success in life is not dependent on your strength. Understand it. The battles you may win today by that which you call your prayers may not depend on that your prayer, but the relationship you have with a man that carries his grace, such as Samuel. Hallelujah. Are you following this? Very, very important. I want you to understand because we, we're talking about intercession and we don't have to take it that lightly and especially for those of us who are engaged in it so that we know exactly how to function as intercessors. And not just that, so that you can also see who you are in the hands of God. The kind of position you occupy. The kind of weight you carry. Even in the spirit realm. How that words that you pronounce can create thundering and lightnings to put enemies at bay. Before whom you are interceding. Are you still there with me? Alright. Now I want to drop some principles that guide intercessors. Principles that guide intercessors. For instance, well, let's look. You know, Daniel was a good intercessor. Is that okay? Some of you need to know that. Daniel was a good intercessor. Let's go to Daniel chapter 9. We'll read a couple of scriptures here. And then you'll understand. Daniel chapter 9. Are you there with me? In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the fifth year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he will accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Now I want you to know verse number 2 very critically. Because when you get there, you're going to see exactly what I'm trying to say. The principles that guide an intercessor for an effective work as an intercessor. There are principles that guide you. There are principles you need to observe that makes you effectual, just like Samuel was standing. One of the key things you need to understand is that Samuel was hearing from God. Is that okay? The Bible tells us that from Dan to Beersheba, it was proven that this guy had been called of God as a prophet. There was no dispute. Why? He said because every word which he spoke, none of them fall to the ground. In other words, God was confirming the thing he was saying. Because he was an intercessor for the nation. He stood the gap between the nation and the destruction of the enemies. He could speak words that the heavens could recognize and respond immediately. Okay. Now verse number three. Are we there? And I set my face unto the Lord God, to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now, these are some of the principles also you need to observe. I didn't mention that precisely in the course of bringing out the principle. But I want you to understand this. 
in the course of you interceding, sometimes, not because you even want, it could come to a place where literally you will no longer be hungry because you have a burden. Have you observed that? Now, but you see, the difference is you may, you may observe that for yourself because you are in trouble, but have you been able to come to the place where because of some other person's problem, you lose appetite? Has it happened to you? That's intercessory work. Sometimes you wake up in the night, you feel that you're not hungry, you're not happy, you are weak and things like that, but not because of certain things you were thinking about, but you see, your spirit was really interceding. And God can make you begin to see why it is like that for you. It's a major work of intercessors. Most often, they often go, uh, I won't use the word hungry, but they go without food because of the ministry they carry. Are you still there? Because issues can be mentioned to you and you just feel, man, this can't happen. And a burden comes to you, like the prophet said, the burden of the Lord was upon me. There is a burden that comes on you as an intercessor. That makes you to, you just don't have the appetite for food anymore. It's a burden. It comes from the Lord. Sometimes you create your own burden, but I'm talking of the burden that comes from the Lord because of the issues on ground that you must handle as an intercessor. So here, Daniel was going without food, without clothes, whatever the case may be, sackcloth upon him. That's morning sign of fasting anyway. Verse 4 says, And I prayed unto the God of my, the Lord of my God. Now I don't want to interpret that. The Lord of my God. Okay. The Lord my God rather. And made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Hallelujah. We have sinned. Now I want you to begin to note. You can see some of the things are marked there. They are crucial. Mark them in your Bible. I'm sure you see open your Bible, don't you? Uh, <laughs> now mark them in your Bible. This is where some of these things are not true good. Because you, you don't have time to read anymore. But you see, as you read, Revelation comes. So open your Bible, please, to Daniel chapter 9. <laughs> All right, it's very crucial because you need to mark it. It is helpful to you. So Daniel chapter 9, he says, verse 5, we have sinned. I want you to mark the word we in your Bible there. And have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by the departing from thy precept and from thy judgments. Neither have we, mark it again, verse number six, hacking unto thy servants, the prophet we spake in the name to our kings, our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. Now you need to understand where the root cause of the sin of the people. Two things made them to sin. One, they left the precepts and the judgment of the God, that is to say they were not keeping those words. Then number two, they failed to hack into what the prophet were speaking. So, Two ways by which you can be stable in your life and in your salvation. You can get the ministry through the world or you can get it through the one that God has sent to you. When you violate listening to the words, the precept and the commandment, which is the written word as the case may be, and you violate hearing and taking heed to what your ministry or the pastor or the prophet is saying to you, you are bound to go out of God's way. Hallelujah. Now verse 7 says, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us. 
I want you to mark us. Confusion of faces as at this day. To the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And unto all Israel that are near and that are far off through all the countries. Whether that have driven them because of their trans transpass that they have transpassed against thee. Hallelujah. Alright. So now. Want to draw up some principles from that passage. That's why I say you need to read it. You need to mark it. Very crucial. Let's draw some principles from there. Number one principle. The prayers of Daniel, we can glean the following from the prayers of Daniel. Principles for intercessors. One, identification. Write it down. Identification. Daniel identified with the people's sin. You cannot intercede for a person you do not have a true identity with. Glory to God. Daniel said, we, we, not, not just, listen, he said, I, Daniel, but we sinned. He included himself in the sins of the people. I told you before, you don't have to be an intercessor and feel aloof from the ones you are interceding for. You can be effective. Because as an intercessor, you are carrying the burden of the people. Not just the weight of the problem, but the sin of the people. Now you find that in Christ's case, the Bible says, our iniquities were what? Laid on him. That is why he can be able to intercede for us. That is why he can be able to, because he has to feel it. You have to feel the pains of the one you are praying for. As an intercessor. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 4, 15, the Bible says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was not point tempted like as we, yet without sin. Did you get that? He bore our sins. He carried our sins. He felt the pains of the sins that we committed. Why? Because he was a, a high priest who is an intercessor. You can't separate yourself from the sins that people commit and still be effective in praying for them. What I'm trying to say is not to say you partake in the action, but you partake in the consequences of the action. Did you pick me right? Hallelujah. Identification. Now watch that very critically for the life of Daniel. The confession he was making was not his own confession, but a confession of his people. And he included himself. We have sinned. He wasn't going to separate himself and say, God, you know, they sinned. Just forgive them and, and let them go back. No, we have sinned. And God is not going to be looking to Daniel before you could see the whole nation. Now, again, you find, I said that last week, it was not the whole nation that called for this fasting and prayer. Did you get that? It was just an individual. And can you imagine the word of an individual saving the whole nation that was in captivity? That is why it is not necessarily the collective call for prayers that makes the difference. It has to do with the people who receive the body and understand God's mind for the season of that nation. Praise the Lord. 
There is an understanding that must come to you to enable you to carry the burden of a nation, the burden of a person, the burden of a church. Some of you can pray effectively for this church until you see where the trouble lies. Hallelujah. So like Christ, he said, we have not the high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted just as we are without sin. He had all the problems we had. He bore them. He experienced them because he was a high priest. And told you before, the intercessor is like the high priest. Remember that? Hallelujah. This is a very critical thing I'm telling you tonight. If you truly have to be effective, this is where it comes from. See, everybody can pray and say, well, let the person die. Well, let the person feel. You know, I was sharing Sunday with Maxwell this afternoon and he sent, I sent a word which I felt. Immediately the thing has gone. I said, I have some things in my spirit. Say, no, it shouldn't have been so. It shouldn't be so. This thing requires prayers. <laughs> I started seeing the kind of condemnation in my spirit. And I said, God, forgive me. Amen? And because sometimes, you see, your human nature can come to the point where what you are supposed to do right, you begin to do it wrong. But if an understanding can come to you by way of your conscience, pricking you, condemning you, then you know you are in the right place with God. You can go back to God and say, God, this thing needs to be restored. Hallelujah. If you consider the weakness of every man, the foolishness in man, if you consider the foolishness in man, you won't pray for anybody. Are you there with me? Because man is only doing that thing which will always make you. Is it like we are saying before? Look at Lord's vexing his spirit. What did he do with all your vexing of spirit? With his children, his wife, and all the servants of Lord. Because it was for the sake of so many of his servants that they went to that area to stay. What did you do with all your servants? You are just vexing the spirit about what people are doing. But you are not making anything to cause a change to the life of these people. An intercessor doesn't think that way. An intercessor doesn't really see the fault of the people. He's always standing to say, God forgive them. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, even on the cross, he said the same thing. Lord, count not this sin against your charge. Or charge against your sin. Remember that? He said the same thing. See, it's very important we understand this. Intercessor. Intercessors are, if they are close to God because they know the mind of God. They feel, they think, they, they, they act like God. Let me put it that way. Now, look at the prophet Ezekiel was one of such persons who identify with Israel in prophetic prayer. Look at Ezekiel 44. Uh, Ezekiel 4 verse 4 rather. The Bible says, Lie thou also upon thy left side, and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it, according to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their. I want you to underline that word if you're doing your Bible. There shall bear their what? Iniquity. <laughs> you are the one to carry it. Jesus carried. Now you are praying for somebody, you are carrying the iniquities of that individual. When you carry the iniquities on you, the person is free. Did you get this? Here is, can you picture the number of days? Take time to study that chapter, chapter 4. God told 
Ezekiel to lie down on one side for quite a number of days. Now those number of days were supposed to stand for the days that Israel was supposed to receive an invasion of the enemy. But for this number of days you are going to lie on this side, I will free them. The number of days determined to, for the siege to happen will be lifted because you have carried the burden. You've carried the weight of the war that was coming to the nation on your side, lying there. Then you turn to the other side. Read the whole chapter. You see what I mean? But then when you lie that way, you bear the iniquity of the people. Did Israel sin? Yes. Were they going to be attacked? Yes. What was the role of Ezekiel? not speaking about the sins of Israel but to carry the consequences of the sins of Israel. And because somebody is there to carry the consequences, then the people are free. Intercessor. So somebody is going through some pressure. You're praying. It's not enough to just pray. There is a need also to come to the place to know why that thing is happening. And then you take it upon yourself. You are not just taking it upon yourself to pray. You are receiving the consequences <laughs> of what was supposed to happen to that man by reason of what he has done before the Lord. Is anybody catching this? It's strong and powerful. The good thing is you won't die even if you receive it. <laughs> but you are meant to bear it. But the good thing is because God has equipped you, you have the capacity to bear. You can bear it without dying. You can bear it without sinking. But for the other man, he can't go through it without sinking. Hallelujah. The wages of sin is dead, isn't it? But Christ have to die so that you can live. But in your own case, you're not going to die. But you can feel it. You can feel have you prayed for people sometime and something begins to happen to you? Maybe you have not observed it. Lay hands on people sometime and you see some kind of experience within your system. You are literally lifting the weight. It's like saying, lay hands suddenly on no one. Let you partake of their iniquities. You are lifting some things from them and you are the one carrying them. And out of you, they'll be disposed. So it's not cheap laying hands on people. In that sense. Other than bringing them to office prematurely. It's still part of it that when you lay hands on people, you carry. It's not as if they transmit their negative spirit. But you lift them out of the situation they are. That's the way I see it. Hallelujah. That's how sometimes, some years back I remember, after praying sometimes for people or sometimes I just, it's like I collapse. Feel weak and all of that. You know? I never knew basically what was going on then. But you see, you pick some of their burdens. It becomes heavyweight on you. You become weak. But it's not as if it will kill you. I gave you an experience here some time ago. A brother that was in this fellowship. He would have been trouble in his community. I never knew. And one day in a vision, I was standing by that gate. He was inside. And I saw three men just climb this staircase and they had very long whips in their hand. And I said, we want to have him. And I said, no, you can have him. He's here with us in the fellowship. He said, no, bring him out. We need him. We want to have him. He's from our place. We're his people. 
And I said, that can be possible. So I turned before I could turn. He was coming and I said, let me go and meet them. I said, you can't. So as I turned, I find that one of them straight a very long whip and I was trying to crush him. I raised my hand and whipped me. I woke up the next morning without pain for three days. And I called him. I said, brother, come here. Look at what I experienced. He said, it's true. They are after me from my community. It was then begin to explain and explain and explain and explain. You know, intercession is not easy. Now, I'm not saying be afraid. But I'm trying to say, know who you are. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, that was a kind of an intercession. I also give you a story sometime of a young man that was supposed to be with us sometimes. And then, um, this guy really did some things for me when we started ministry. He bought me a TV, color, color TV, first color TV I used, bought it, bought a video player. I even traveled there. I traveled then. I was not in town. Now, quite even. Maxwell called me on phone and said, hey, something has happened here. And I said, what about? I came and saw. I was so excited. I think about two months thereafter, this guy, I saw him in the vision. He was tied with chains and they were about, military men came and they wanted to flog him and said, why do you want to flog this man? Say no, 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 it's not, it's not. We need to, in fact, he deserved us. Okay, you don't touch him. I said, come, let me show you. Look at this television. Look at this thing you see there. He bought them for me. So you can't touch him. Please let him go. And say, are you sure he bought them for you? He said, yes. The one in front just told them, okay, if he's the one that bought them for him, then we can let him go. I woke up, it was a vision. Hey, I called this guy, I said, brother, be careful. The way you move, the things you do. Now, I'm telling you what an intercessor can do and what intercessory prayer can do on your behalf. It's all the same thing when you say, as long as Samuel was standing, Saul could not touch David. You follow what I'm talking about now? All right, so your life can also become the same thing to other people. That is why you must arise and not just see yourself as just members of a church, but come to begin to see yourself as those called into an office. It's not just intercessory group. See yourself as a called ministry. That stand between God and man. That can carry the burdens of the people. Hallelujah. Is anybody catching this? All right. So, Ezekiel is very clear there. Now, the next thing, number, number two principle is confession. Number one principle is what? Identification. You identify with the people. Is that all right? Hey, are you okay with me there? You have to identify with the people. Whether it's a nation, you have to identify with the nation. You want to pray for a nation that is in idolatry, then you are going to identify with the iniquities of the people to effectually set them free. Number two, confession. Hebrews 2 verse 8. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Confession. Now, if you go back again and look at what we see, I didn't quite explain it, but remember what he was saying. We have seen. Remember that? Good. He was confessing the sins of his people. Alright? He was confessing the sins of his people. Now, Understand this. The people were not praying. The people didn't even know Daniel was praying. Am I correct? They were just locked up there. So it's not a question of, you know, sometimes, yes, fine, it is good. I'm praying for you. You could say that to encourage people. But the truth is sometimes when you intercede for people, they don't know you are interceding for them. 
They don't know you are interceding for them. Is that okay? The result comes and you rejoice because you've done and God has answered your prayer. So there are some people you intercede for, they just cannot have a clue whether somebody is praying for them or not. No. They won't be able to know. Israel didn't know Daniel was doing this. He was doing it on his own. He didn't even call anybody. Daniel, he didn't call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He didn't call them. He was on his own doing what he knew he can do. Hallelujah. So, confession. Now, you're not confessing it, God. Forgive him. I know he has sinned. Forgive him because he's a thief. Forgive. He's not saying that. <laughs> you understand that? You're not saying forgive him. Forgive us. <laughs> Why is it us? You're identifying with him because he's your brother. Are you getting that? See, Christ was tempted in all points, yet without sin. And that's the only reason why he can save us. So, every temptation you are passing through, he himself was tempted. He didn't say, you understand what I'm trying to say. Hallelujah. So, Daniel said, God, forgive us. Not just forgive him. God, don't let him go. God, God set him free. God, just don't mind him. He's a stupid man. God, no. That's not it. Until he becomes your brother, you can't effectively walk to deliver him. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus, the Bible said, because the sin of Abraham were flesh, he also become flesh, took on the nature of a man. Remember that? That's identification. He has to identify with the people he wants to save. He has to become a human being because those that have the problem, they are human beings in the flesh. He has to become flesh to be able to save us. So for you to be able to assist and effectively set somebody free as an intercessor, you're going to identify with him and you confess our sins, not just his sins. Praise the living God. Because you've been going to say, forgive him, don't mind him, and things like that, you are separating yourself from that individual. You understand? You are trying to say, well, God, you can let him go if you want to carry it. But we are talking about you carrying the body and the man being free. Hmm? All right. Like the case of Daniel. Okay, number three principle. Compassion. You can't confess people's sin. You can't effectively pray for them until you have compassion on the people. It's not possible. Until you feel bad in your heart of hearts. It's like what I said I was discussing with Maxwell. I just started feeling bad. What about this thing really happens to this individual? I mean, what is it going to be like? What, what will be my... There's no joy in it. You know? No joy in it. And I just begin to look at the state of that individual. Where would the person be drifted to? If the sin is allowed. Amen? Until you have compassion. Until compassion overwhelms your heart. You can effectively intercede for people. See? Compassion comes when you say the consequences of the action of the individual. When you begin to analyze the end points of what that man is doing, the compassion begins to come. Amen? Compassion begins to flow. You see? So, like in the case of Christ, who can have compassion on the ignorant? And on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with what? Infirmity. Daniel was feeling so bad. 
that the whole children of Israel could be in captivity for that long such a time. I'm sure he was only searching the book until he get the date. Every time he was wondering, when will the 70 years be okay? Daniel was not a young man, I'm sure. I don't know how old he was before he was taken to captivity, but for, for you to be in captivity for 70 years, that man has already become old. Sometimes we look at Daniel to be a young man. He wasn't a young man. After all, the captivity was 70 years old. Plus his age. So Daniel was an old man. He wasn't a young man. We just said Daniel the young. In the beginning, fine, Daniel in the beginning. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we think they were young men. They couldn't have been young men. Hallelujah. Are you picking what I'm saying there? They couldn't have been young men. So the intercessory work is not just for some class of people as well. Think about that. And even with his age, he could fast and do all that he was doing. You see? He has compassion because he saw. He can't imagine himself. Other than himself being there. See, because after he was in the palace, he had all the best to himself. In other words, he was free. Though he was in captivity, he was free. He had the best because he was right at the palace of the king. He was a counselor. He was one of those people. Political advisor, if you will. So he had the best in the city. Or in the state or in the country. Or Babylon. But that was not enough to keep him. That also tells you if you're an intercessor, your, your cozy atmosphere is not, if I say, challenge for you until your brother comes into that state, you just can be at peace. The father you have all things doesn't make you settle as an intercessor. You want everybody around you to come to the same level that you are. He had freedom, but his freedom was not enough for him to keep quiet. He wanted to be sure Israel is free. The kind of freedom he was experiencing, he wanted Israel to experience the same thing. That's an intercessor. You can't say you're an intercessor. Everybody is, you know, going through some half situation. You are just there enjoying and, okay, God, I'm praying for them. God, at your will, you know. No, 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 no. It's not like that. You see, you're bringing them to the place where the joy, the freedom, the liberty you have, they also begin to do what? Experience it. Compassion. You see, they'll come to them and sing all the long song in a strange line. Say, how can we sing a long song? They are questioning. That was not the thing with Daniel. It was not the issue of singing or not singing. It's not, in fact, we are not talking about singing here. We should go home. And how do we get out of this place? As God, I want to let you know we have sinned. Now, that also tells you one interesting thing. God was not going to bring his band or break his thought or break his mind. His word is always established. You may probably turn his mind around fine, but not all the time. He says 70, it has to be 70. Daniel was not going to pray, hey God, I know you said 70, but make it 35. Now I'm going to explain something along that line. Hallelujah. Confession. Daniel prayed with compassion for the whole of the nation. Is that okay? You have to sorry. <laughs> Master asked me a question today. I said, another bomb in Maruguri, Boko Haram. So what are we going to do for this country? <laughs> you know, <laughs> see, understand it. Do you feel pains at all for the nation? I'm not talking about, you know, because when you look at it from the perspective of Islam, and eh, let them kill themselves, <laughs> whatever it is. But this is a nation. We are talking about a nation not just some people. And some of the people being killed, they are just innocent people. 
Who will not dream about that? So it's not the issue of, you know, compassion. When you begin to see the soul of the country and see where the soul of the country is going, when he said this to me, after a while, I begin to imagine what happened to this man who is the president right now. I'm just beginning to see his mind, see the confusion that he's in, see the thought that's running through his mind, see how men are trying to make sure they frustrate him in his reign. I mean, it's painful. So until this thing begins to come, you can't even pray right. Praise the Lord. Okay. And this is very crucial to me. Number four principle is what? Knowledge. Please, as an intercessor, I'm going to say this. I'm going to shout it loud and very loud as well. As an intercessor. Knowledge. Look at it. I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet. That's verse 2 of Daniel 9. Remember that? <laughs> I understood. So my prayer was not just wanting to pray. I prayed because of what I know. <laughs> it's very crucial. That makes you as an intercessor, man. You go to read the book. Read your Bible. Study. Hallelujah. Hmm? Somebody asked me a question today, all the way from Indonesia. And the question was so technical. But I just meditate and the thing just came strap. Genesis 38. I just said, give me five seconds. I give you a scripture to read for your answer. He read and he said, oh, thank you, pastor. Now, that is why I have to have you as my dad. Read the book. You can't just be praying because you want to pray or because somebody's reading the prayer points. <laughs> this is a very vital principle for intercessors. Daniel got this from the book of Jeremiah. That means he was taught in the book. While in Babylon. He, remember he was in prison in Babylon and captivity as the case may be. He was reading the book. You can't be an intercessor and you're not a breast of facts. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, this is where he got information from. Now, I, I don't have the time to check how many years this has elapsed. And that could possibly equally mean 70 years when Jeremiah said this. Is that okay? Look at Jeremiah 25 verse 11 down to 12 to 13. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And this nation shall serve the king of Babylon. How many years? 70 years. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation see the Lord for their iniquity and the land of the Cadians and I will make it perpetual desolation. Verse 13 says, And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied against all the nations. So Daniel had the book and he read up to chapter 25 and he could know that, hey, there is no way my people are going to get out of Babylon until the 70 years. And when it was 70 years, he just went straight and said, God, remember. So it was reminding God what he said through prophet Jeremiah. Remember you said it that when these people stayed 70 years, we remain here for 70 years, you will let us go. And you punish Babylon. Now, 
it is 70 years. Can you please let us go? We have sinned. We have done this. We didn't listen to your word. We didn't take your word to heart. But now 70 years are accomplished. Please come on. Let us go. And God have no option but to let the people go. But I also think, I don't know whichever way God was intended to do it. Assuming Daniel didn't pray. I don't know if God had just come down. Because there was nothing to hold on to. God was going to, <laughs> hallelujah. It's not as easy. Somebody has to be there to make God understand something. Not because he forgets. But like I often tell you, he has given the nation all the, all the, all the earth to the sons of men. For you to control, you have to know his will and know what he wants per time and make demand or whatever. This is what he says. When you knock, what happens? You shall be open. When you ask, you shall find. When you seek, remember that? Hallelujah. So this is what it means for you to knock, to ask, to seek. You have to know. See how he said you can't ask for fish. And I'll give you what? A serpent. Ask for bread and I'll give you a stone. Now, it means you must know what to ask for. And it's not going to give you something contrary to what you ask for. Can somebody help me here? So you don't go to go asking for a stone and be expecting bread. Because if you ask for bread, it won't give you stone. So we give you what you ask for. And that means you must know what you're asking for. <laughs> Are you still there? You must know what you're asking for. Not just praying a means. You know exactly what you're asking for. Daniel said, listen God, 70 years is done already. Forget the sins of the people. They have already served their punishment. They don't understand it. Can you please let us go? God have no option. But to let the people go. Hallelujah. Are you there? So we can see that Daniel prayed with the knowledge of the prophetic word from Jeremiah. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. What does he do? <laughs> if we ask anything according to his will. He heareth us. Okay. Let's get the last principle that I need you to understand tonight. And that's principle number five. Just made it, which it means hearing the voice of God. Principle number five, hearing the voice of God as an intercessor. Next week, I'm going to be dealing with the issue of the watchers and the watchmen so that you can understand the power that you contain. Glory to God. All right. Are you there with me? Ezekiel 37 verse 7. Very critical. Ezekiel 37 verse 7. If you have it in your Bible, you're going to mark it. I don't know if you have that page. So I prophesied as I was what? Commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. If you read on, say flesh to his flesh. Now, watch this. It was a whole nation that Ezekiel was putting together. It was a nation that he was putting together, not just an individual. Are you still there with me? Israel was scattered. Oh, help me, Lord. It's like saying, everywhere you are in the world, in captivity, it's time for you to return. Now, but the key thing I want you to understand is, as I was commanded, 
He didn't just say it. He said it because there was a command. And how are you going to hear, I mean, receive a command except you know how to hear from God? Very important. What does that mean? This, this is very vital. As we will pray amiss outside of the will of God and purpose of God, here is a whole community coming together through the work of Ezekiel because he heard God clearly as I was commanded. And I cannot tell you something about this. If you receive a commandment from God, there is nothing that makes that prayer ineffective. Hallelujah. Bones will jump together. The confused state of that man will become rightened. There's no force in the universe that can stand your walls. And it's not how many things you say. It is what you say that has already taken root as it is done in heaven, be it done or not. Once heaven approves it and you listen to it, you can hear it, then you can speak the word and life will be impacted once again. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay, I think we need to round up. Let me just read this scripture because I'm going to take that to next week. Let me read that. Romans, you can read that. Remember this, I gave you this picture last two weeks. It has to do with um, Elijah speaking against Israel. Remember that? And God refused it because when you look at it, I say, but what's there the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Remember that? Now, the next thing is why it is important you hear God. Next thing is, then said the Lord unto me. Jeremiah 14. Pray not for these people for their good. These are definite instructions. Because if you don't hear God, you pray amiss. You just be praying, but then that's why you pray and there's no result. Why? Because God is not involved in it. God is not asking us to do what we are doing. Pray not for the good of these people. God spoke to Jeremiah. And when you look at that, he said, you know, how powerful, how powerful this man was, you know, called down rain, seized rain for six months, all of that. He came in here, he was praying outside. I'll make you see that maybe next week so that you can understand. Also knowing the mind of God. Everything that Elijah did to stop the rain was taken from the book of Leviticus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.